it's not part of my notes this morning, but it is part of the direction of the will of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 1. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 1. Amen. I'm so good. God's been so good to me. So good to be in His presence. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 1. It's not in my notes. It really isn't, but it's where it's where you live. It's where you're at right now. I have a mandate from God this morning. Those that have preached a long time, like Brother Ruder, know that sometimes it's not always a pleasurable thing. When God says, this is what I want to do. But you do it anyhow. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 1 says this. And I want you to pay attention to the words. It's, it is something you need to commit to memory. It is something that you need to place in your heart. It is something that you need to remind yourself. If you're going to learn any scriptures or any verses, can I challenge you to know these two scriptures? If you're going to be used by God at all. If you are going to be used and uh, allowed the privilege to carry any message all the commandments which I have commanded thee this day ye observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto you and your fathers there is a promised land you need to really understand that God is trying to get you somewhere okay I am serious God is trying to get you somewhere better he really is he, he has got something so great for you. And his desire is to take you there. The biggest problem has always been you. You kick, you scream, you, you, you fight, you resist, you struggle, you dig your heels in. You don't give up, you won't surrender, you won't do anything. So what does God have to do? Verse number two, this is what God has to do. And you need to highlight it in your Bible. And if thou shalt remember all the ways of the Lord that God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness... Everybody say wilderness. Why God? To humble thee. And to prove thee. And to know that which is in your heart. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. The wilderness is to prove you. The wilderness is to humble you. The heartaches and the heart pains are to prove you. Whether you would do what is required or not what is required. Why? Because he's got a promised land he's taking you to. I often tell my children sometimes I feel like my greatest job is to protect them from themselves. I think my biggest struggle is not against the world. It's not against the enemy. It's not against all the issues that we point outwardly and say the biggest struggle we have is inwardly. And I feel like my job sometimes as a pastor is not to protect you from the world, but to protect you from you. Okay. So some of us like to self-destruct. We push the button. Okay. Now I'm going to get to my message and you'll be seated in a minute. Why don't you stand if you can. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. I feel like right now there are many of us that are being tested. There are many of us that are being proven. There are many of us being humble, and I feel like today many of us are failing. Failing. And I, I'm pointing inward, okay, folks? I, I'm looking at me. I'm not here to chastise or condemn 
anybody. Alright? Me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11 tells this story. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Everybody say, I'm one of them. Alright, yes you are. Verse number 12, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. I want you to hang on to that for a second. Verse 13, and not many days after the younger gathered all together and took his journey into the far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. In verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. I'm going to preach on this, and uh, you keep your Bible. i got one more story. You better be careful what you ask for. You, you really need to be careful what you ask for, because the Father may just give it to you. So it's a warning. I'm warning. I've come... I don't want to preach this message. I really don't want to preach this message. Believe me, I, I've agonized. But there's a warning. Okay. I know that the battle is getting weary. I know that you are frustrated. I know that you are angry. I know that the test has been somewhat too much for you to handle. But you need to be very careful what you ask for because the Father may give it to you. Okay. I want to pray. Father, I love this church so much. I love the people of this church. But God, even greater than that is your love towards them. God, you're not trying to harm them. You're not trying to discourage them. You're not trying to hurt them. You're trying to get them into something better. God, I pray that somehow, if there's no words that are heard this morning, that somehow you would at least give them the confidence that they're going somewhere. And that you are taking them into the promised land. And we'll give you all the glory. And we thank you for what you're about to do in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. Um, it is Mission Sunday. And um, we had all the lists there. I'm not going to have you read it. Um, but, but just know that. I say this because um, you have done a wonderful job in supporting missionaries. Um, last missionary we had, Brother Sherry, uh, we made some pretty big commitments, larger than we have ever made in our entire church history, um, to Brother Sherry. Um, those are... Um, being paid out now. Those are due to him and we're paying that to Brother Sherry um, at this point. And uh, Marathon did a great job. Appreciate that. So I just want to uh, give honor to our missionaries again. God's doing some great things on our mission field. You're going to turn to one more story. Um, not only is it important of what you ask for, but how you ask for it and what you do to get it. You need to understand that sometimes the process of getting there is more important than getting there. That the journey that you're taking to where God is leading you sometimes is the most important thing, not just getting there. There are shortcuts. You, you, can, you can go different directions, I am sure. But sometimes the journey is part of the provision that gets you what you honestly want. And one more story is found in Numbers chapter 20, verse number 2. Numbers chapter 20, verse number 2. Numbers chapter 20, verse number 2. Again, I started in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, but Numbers 20, verse 2 is part of that journey. 
And there was no water for the congregation and they gathered themselves against Moses and against Aaron. Can I ask you something? Why do you always attack the leadership? I'll be very honest from the heart of the pastor. Sometimes I don't have a clue where we're going. I just know we're going. And sometimes I'm just as afraid as you are. Sometimes I have, I feel like even less answers than you have. Everybody knows how to do it until they're standing behind the pulpit. I feel like an NBA, or I'm sorry, I was going to be anything funny, but some of you wouldn't get it. I feel like an NFL quarterback sometimes. That we have our big Sunday game and we've got a lot of people that sit on the bench and tell the quarterback exactly what he's done wrong and where he should have changed. And I'm just trying. I'm human just like you. And so there was no more water and all of a sudden the people got mad at the pastor and got mad at the assistant pastor. They're probably going to vote him out. And things got really bad. Verse number three. And the people with Moses and spake saying, would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And he said, Moses, this gotten so bad, I just I wish we were dead. I mean, you're making so many mistakes here along this journey, and I just, it would have been better. We would have died a long time ago. Checked out of here. Verse number six, I'm going to skip a couple of verses because I want you to get the whole story. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle, the congregation, and they fell on their face, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. you got a lot of people praying for you. You really do. You've got a lot of people. This church is growing incredibly, and we've got a lot of people raising up to become leaders, and they're taking on burdens and praying for you, and I am so proud of the people that are stepping up, and they are carrying a lot of weight, and you need to understand that somebody's praying for you. You really do. When I, I'll be very honest with you. I haven't slept much this weekend. Um, I have been up on Saturday at 2 in the morning all the way until um, last night when I went back to bed. And um, I spent a lot of time talking to God. A lot of time talking to God. I was very tired last night at the wedding. I hope it didn't look that way, but I was just flat exhausted. I've been up since 2 in the morning. I'm sure Nate and Chris, uh, they probably got up early too with all the activities. Um, but but I, had a, I had a task... And I, I fell on my face in the presence of God on behalf of this assembly. And I know that a lot of the other preachers and leaders are doing the exact same thing. And you just need to understand that. Verse number 7 goes on to say, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Now watch what God says. Verse number 8, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock. Everybody say, Speak. Speak unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give you his water, and thus shall bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Verse number 10, we'll skip verse 9, go to verse number 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And watch what he did in verse number 11. And Moses lifted up his hand and with the rod smote the rock twice. Everybody say, uh-oh. That's right. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their beasts also. Wait a minute, God. You said speak unto the rock. Moses asked for water. He got water. He just didn't do it the right way. Everybody say, uh oh. You're exactly right. Verse number 12 goes on to say, 
And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron and said, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. God was trying to get Moses to the promised land. At the end of the day, Moses did not get to go. He got the water. He got what he wanted. He got it abundantly. Because he didn't do it the way God wanted him to do it, he did not get to go to the promised land. I have, I have a couple of props up here that have been, um, been sitting up here. And while I'm getting them handed out, Mark 11 verse 24 is where my wife is going. You don't need to go there. You can just relax now. Put your Bible away. Um, we're going for kind of a bumpy ride anyway. So make sure you're seated and your tray is in the upright and locked position. Amen. Should we experience any turbulence along this journey, the pastor will turn the light on and ask you to remain seated and not run out the door. All right. So I read to you two different stories. The one of, of two brothers, the younger brother decided that he wanted his inheritance. Give me what is rightfully mine. I, I, these, these gentlemen don't know that I'm going to do this, but I'm going to ask Tyler just to hold this. I'm not going to have you hold it up. Yeah, I just want you to hold it. Okay, the younger brother um, is that. And then I read to you the story of Moses. Moses was known by his strength. And Moses was known as a leader. And Moses also knew that he was sometimes getting sick and tired of being sick and tired and carrying the burden. Moses knew what he should do. He went into, he went into the congregation, the tabernacle congregation, and he prayed. And God gave him an answer. But uh, Moses just chose to do something different. And Moses didn't get to go where God was trying to get to. I, I'm going to have Jose hold this now. It's really bossy, so I put some, some tape. Just, just hold it. Just, it's okay. We're not going to do anything. Just, just kind of hold it. If you get tired, you can just kind of set it down. And read to you two different stories. And what, what is frightful to me, what is very frightful to me, is that God, God, or the Father, gave them what they wanted. I mean, I have been scared. If there's one scripture that has that has caused fear in my heart, it's this scripture right here that I'm about to read to you. It's found in Mark 11, verse 24. If I have ever been afraid, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of facing the enemy. I have faced the devil so many times. doesn't even bother me. That doesn't, I don't even flinch anymore. I've seen so many crazy things, and I've seen, I have seen so many things that, that um, I, I'm not affected by it. What I am more afraid of, I'll be very honest with you, I am more afraid of me. If I have any fear in this life, it is the fear of me. I know this devil. I, I, I sleep with this devil. I, I know his waking up and I know his going down. I know his temper. I know his anger. I know that his mouth will get in trouble more times than not. I know that this guy right here will always cause trouble. It's the breaker. It's the breaker. I think the kids, I don't know if the kids are in there playing again. But it's a breaker in the bathroom. It's that bottom breaker. I know this guy right here. I know what he can do. And I know the things that he does. I know where I go wrong, and sometimes I frankly don't care. I get tired, I get weary, I get weak, I get beat down, and I know this guy right here.
Satan has become the number one enemy of what God has for me. I, I, I'll be honest. Uh, the devil don't bother me. My wife has been a blessing. The people my job aren't the problem. The people that I pastor aren't the problem. But this guy right here has always been problem number one. It's back on. This guy right here has been the one that has created more mess in my life than I care to admit. This guy right here has caused me to stumble. This guy right here has caused me to fail. This guy right here has caused me to step out of the will of God. Because this guy right here has been the number one problem in my life since day one. I have caught him in the morning. I have caught him in the afternoon. I have caught him in the evening. Even when I lay in bed at night, I wrestle with this guy right here. My problems aren't always my problems. This has always been my problem. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm going with this? You need to understand one thing. You can blame it on a lot of people. And you can blame it on a lot of things. And you can point your nasty little religious finger around and quote all the scriptures you want to. But at the bottom of the day, this is the monster you are fighting. And this is the demon that you're fighting. I am not fighting you. And I'm not fighting them. I am fighting him right here. You can tell me all kinds of other things that you think you're wrestling with and you can give me all kinds of generational curses and you can tell me all about the cursings in your life you, no, no 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 it's me it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer it's not my brother or my sister but it's me oh lord <laughs> and this scripture right here scares me to death because i have that understanding Oh, help me, Jesus. I want to go on, but some of you are still just looking down at your at your fingers and clipping your nails or something. I don't know what you do. Did you hear me? You are the problem. Well, do you understand? What did I forget? sit here and blame the electricity. I can blame the two up here that are up in the pulpit. I can sit around and blame a lot of other things. I'm trying to preach my heart out right now. I, I know you're going to blame the devil. You're going to walk out here and say, well, the devil's been all kinds of problems in church this morning. I wanted to hear the word, but the kids got this way and the things did that. No, 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 no. It is you. It is you. It is you. It is you. You are the problem. Not your mama. Not your daddy. Not the way you were raised. Not the things that you think you think. No, no, no. It's you that is the problem. Well, if I would have just had it easy like the pastor, oh, be quiet. But I would have just been raised like so-and-so or raised like so -and -so. No, 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 no. It's not where you were raised or what how you were raised or where you've been through. We can sit and list all your wounds and all your... I understand all that. I'm not belittling that. But what I'm saying at the end of the day, you sleep with you. Some of you are so scared you take the mirror out of your bathroom. Like, Pastor, you don't understand. There's an ugly person in my house. That's you. I'm not talking about outward. I'm talking about inward. Come on, come on. 
Some of you are even sitting here right now trying to convince yourself he ain't preaching about me. Here's, here's the scripture that scares me. Here's the scripture that scares me so much. Therefore I say unto you whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That scripture scares me to no end. You can be all spiritual and say, well, I can walk on water. I can speak faith. I, I understand that, but sometimes what I desire is not good for me. Sometimes I'm thanking God for unanswered prayers. Sometimes I'm thanking for God that He gave me something different than I wanted. I rejoice more in understanding that God knows what's best for me more than even I know what's best for me. And this scripture freaks me out because God said whatever things you desire, if you have enough belief, I'll give them to you. Right? I've created more train wrecks in my own life. I don't need to have this type of power, folks. I don't need to have this type of ability. I don't need to have this type of faith. This scripture scares me to no end because I don't want my will. I want His will. I know the process sometimes gets hard. I know sometimes it gets discouraging. I know sometimes it breaks you down. But I do not want to have this type of responsibility. You can tell me all about your name and claim it and how you're going to pray for a green car and it's going to have this and how that God's going to magically give you that. What if He didn't want to give you a green car? You see how this messes me up? Listen to the radio the faith preacher says that you can name it, you can have it. Well, what if I name the wrong thing? What if He wanted to give me a pickup instead of a car? What if He wanted to give me a bicycle instead of a car? Maybe he looked down and said, son, you're getting a little heavy. We're going to give you a bicycle this time, all right? And I'm praying for a car. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if you understand where I'm going with all this. The next verse, verse 25 says this, and it continues on. Listen to this. He said, you can have this type of power. Whatever you desire, you can have. And then look at the end. That means the sentence continues on. Look at what it says. And when you stand praying, forgive. Yes, thank you. Oh, wait a minute, you just said I could move mountains. Well, wait a minute, you said I could have whatever I want. Well, I could just I could just name it and I have it. And God says, Oh, you can. But when you pray, you better start asking for forgiveness. How in the world do these two scriptures go together? How in the world do we just come off? You can have anything you want, you ask it, you can have it. Oh, and when you stand, ask for forgiveness. What? This is why this messes me up. He's playing games with my mind. Jesus, you said I could have anything I desire. And then you say, oh yeah, ask for forgiveness. He says you can have anything you desire. And when you stand, ask for forgiveness. Why? Because some of the things you desire aren't good for you. Some of the things that you want aren't in His plan. Some of the things that you're asking for will destroy what God is trying to do in you and prevent you to come far forward into the promised land. And God said, if you've got that much power, you better understand it better come with asking for forgiveness. Yes, Lord. Forgiveness from what? Having ought against my Father also which is in heaven. Forgive you your trespasses. Jesus, I'm sorry I asked for that. That was a mess. I don't know why you gave that to me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. 
Do, do you under? Okay, I'm just preaching to myself. You, you can sit there. It's my Moses. Moses. Uh, Moses, you can have the water, but I want you to speak unto it. But Moses said, "No, that's not good enough. I'll do it my way." The prodigal son rose up, the younger son rose up and said, give me my money, hold the money back up, Tyler, just for a second, just hold it up and just say, give me. You better watch out. You're going to get what you're asking for. You better watch out. You, you, you need to be very careful. Father, forgive me. So messed up and afraid of this verse, I start with this. I come to the, to the prayer. I say, God, forgive me. I, I don't even know what to ask. I'm afraid to ask. I'm just going to start right there. God, I'm about to mess this thing up. Would you please forgive me? God, I, I know that I don't want to have all against my Father in heaven. God, would you please forgive me? I, in fact, I pray this prayer so much, by the end of it, I just like, forget it. I, whatever you want to give me, that's fine. That's, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I came here wanting to ask you for something, but I started off by asking for forgiveness, and I realized that was good enough. I still trust you. Wherever we're going is fine. I, I wish I could tell you that as I've grown in God, my faith has increased, that I can move mountains and speak things into existence, but I'm starting to lose my backbone, if you want to say it that way, because I want this man to die so that that man can live inside of me. I want to get out of the conditions where I am asking for my way. Say, God, whatever it is. See, some of you are afraid to pray that prayer because you think, well, what if it gets uncomfortable? What if He gives me something that I won't like? What if, it's, what if it does harm and hurts? What, what, if, what if it's not the same color I wanted? Father, forgive me. Forgive me. That prodigal son rose up and said, Give me my money. Moses was sick and tired of carrying the burden. He carried it too long. And he was, he'd, been, he'd been leading these people too long. He got so frustrated and angry when God said, Speak. He didn't speak. He spoke up the sound and he smacked that rock. He got the water. But he lost the promise. He got the money. But he lost the inheritance, the promise. They got what they wanted. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for I know not what I ask. Forgive me, God, because I don't want to sin against you. Forgive me, God, because sometimes I don't understand the pain. Verse 26 goes on to say, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. That messes me up because he just said, Most preachers stop right there and say, Oh, if you ask whatever you desire, if you ask and believe, you'll get it. And, and they preach right there and you get all excited, like, Yeah, I'm going to start asking. Give me, 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 give me. But the next verse says, Ask for forgiveness. What? This other verse right here in John 14, 14 also messes me up. It says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Maybe this doesn't freak you out. It bothers me. It's what, it's what, it's what I wrestle with. Do you mean, God, that I have enough faith and trust in you that I can ask for whatever I want? 
Now listen, I, I know, I've talked to a lot of preachers about this, and they've, they said, well, if you're truly a believer, and if you're truly in God's will, then you'll never ask for anything outside of God's will. And while I understand that, while I understand that if you're a true believer, you're not going to ask anything out of God's will, what if I do? I mean, Moses had walked with God for a long time, and Moses had seen great miracles and had great things happen. Moses had promised the people they were going to the promised land. And then, what a little mistake. What a little frustration. What a little discouragement. What a little misstep cost him the rest of his journey. Hallelujah. I am afraid of these scriptures. I have gotten to the place where I don't ask him to do these things because I am worried. What if I make a mistake and when I wrestle with this, I instantly fall on my knees and say, Father, forgive me. I, whatever. You know what's best. See, what do we say to these things that God be for us, that who can be against us? What do we say when we're going through problems? What do we say when we're fighting every demon that's ever come out of hell? What do we say when all these things are coming our way? What do we say that we're in the midst of the trial? What do we say right now that it's gotten hard? What do we say right now that when we don't understand what's going on? Do we say, forget it, I'm going to do it anyway? Do we say, do we say, give it to me, Father? Because I deserve it. What? What? I don't know about you, but I have walked with him for so long. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know about you, and, and, and I'm sorry, I, I'm trying to be compassionate to you, but I want to go to heaven. That's my end goal. My end goal is not to build a church. He said he would build a church. My end goal isn't to make you happy. My end goal is to make him happy. That's all I want at this point. That the longer I walk with him, the less I ask him for because I might just ask amiss. I might just ask something for I that I'm desiring for and miss out on heaven because I want it my way. So when it gets hard, I'm just like Joe, Lord, you know the way that I take it. And when you have tried me, I will come forth as pure gold. Do you understand that the purpose of the wilderness was to prove you and humble you? Do, I'm going to be more blunt. Do you understand what you're going through right now was designed by God to kill you and get you out of the way so that he can bring you to where he wants to bring you? I must die. I must decrease so that he can increase. Baby, there's nothing pretty about death. There, there is nothing beautiful about someone that, that is getting rid of everything that's inside of them. But the transformation to the other side, that's what's so glorious. That crossing over is really what we claim as a miraculous thing. When you ever sat at the bedside of someone that you're losing, it's not the pain and struggle and getting to there. It's the transformation that happens in the last few seconds when they step over from this side into the next that you step back and all and say, that's a miraculous thing. That is a beautiful thing. How precious it is for, for, for those of us of the saints to die in the presence of God. I understand that. But the beautiful thing is the promised land the crossing over. 
I must decrease so that he can increase. The first story I read to you is that of the prodigal son. Jesus starts the story by telling us there are two sons. And if you know the son, if you know the story at all, if you've read it all, uh, Brother Ty, if you just come for a minute, somebody block that door, sir. Take his position real quick. Oh, there goes the kids. As soon as he moved, they're all like, okay, I'll go. It's a, we just don't want to the bathroom. The breakers are in there. They're getting to learn how the breakers are. Two sons. Now, if you've read the story at all, you cannot say they've had a hard life. They were hungry all the time. And they didn't have it very good. And it was horrible there. And they grew up. And it was miserable. No, no, no. Read the story. The father was very wealthy. They had it good. They, they had a good bed. They had a good home. They had good meals. They, they had good work. Everything was beautiful in the house of the father. Everything was great in the house of the father. Everything went perfect in the house of the father. Yet the younger held out his bag at one point and said, Give me. Now I asked, as I was looking through this, I kept asking the question, how in the world can you be raised in the presence of a great man, the Father? How in the world can you be raised in a good home? How in the world can you have abundance and have all this stuff and have servants and be fed from beautiful tables filled with food? How in the world could you get to the point where you demand your right and say, give me. I don't know. In fact, that's what I came to. This may not sound very spiritual. But I don't have a clue what happened to this brother. I do not understand how this brother had a complaint. I do not get it. I do not understand how in the world you can be raised in privilege. How in the world you can be raised in abundance. How in the world you can be raised under a merciful father. How in the world you can be raised in that type of environment that all of a sudden you're just going to get your own and say forget it. I want it my way. Here's Here's what the Holy Ghost told me. Me neither. I said, I said well, there's got to be some reason. And, and, and sometimes the Spirit of God said to me, there is no good reason. How in the world can you sit in a beautiful church and feel the presence of God and decide that this is the day you're going to get up and get out of here? How in the world can you be raised in a church that is growing and being filled with joy? How in the world can you sit through Sunday night service and what we felt last Sunday and walk out of here and say, this is the week that I'm going to get my own? It's a question that's got to even baffle God's mind. Now, I'm sure he has an answer, but he said basically to me, sometimes there's just no answer. How in the world can you sit through a worship service that we just had and not feel the presence of God? How in the world can you decide during that moment that this is the day I'm going to demand my own rights? Give me what I want. How in the world are you going to come to these altars and bow your knee down and say, Father, in your beautiful presence this morning, I'm going to demand it my way. You don't have a right to demand nothing to the Father. That's why he said we're going to do that. 
then you need to bow your knee and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned against you. I don't get it. It pulls my mind. It messes with my mind. Almost 30-some people baptized last year filled with the Holy Ghost. Now that's not a great number. There are thousands out here that need it. But how, what happens in our mind when we get up and say, uh, you know what, I want it my way. Forget all this mess. It's just, forget it. And listen, either God's in charge or not. If He's not in charge, well, let's go find a place where He is in charge. Either God is doing something in your family or He's not. If He's not, then, then, then oh, help me, Jesus, go find somewhere He is. Yeah. I, I, either He is the boss or He's not. Either He is the Lord or He is not the Lord of your life. And if He's the Lord, it means He is dictator, supreme ruler, supreme being. If He orders the rain, it's His rain. If He orders the drought, it's His drought. If He orders pain, then pain comes your way. If He orders pleasure, then pleasure comes your way. But if He's truly supreme, supreme being, ruler, number one in your life, then it's His will and not my will. I would recommend that you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 if you want to find out what truly people that walk in faith is. Some receive their dead back to life again. They, some, some receive miraculous things and it goes through all these miracles. And then it said, but others. Some were sawn asunder. Some were imprisoned. Some were starved. Some never got the answers to their prayer. Yet all of these have obtained faith. See, faith isn't just for you to get your stuff. Faith sometimes is just to keep you still when you want your way so badly. Faith is just to shut your mouth once in a while and say, you demanded, I want this now. I don't want to demand anything from God. Two brothers, the younger, I want my way, give me my way. I know better, give me my way. And what scares me, the father did. The father did it. That scares me more than anything. The kid asked for what he wanted and the father gave it to him. He went from a life of abundance to wasting his substance and riotous living and absolute waste and destruction were ahead of him and he fell into famine. Do you ever think once in a while that God knows better? I, listen, please, I, I'm hurting right now. I, 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 I'm about ready to snap. I'm about ready to breathe. But sometimes I've got to tell my ugly monster that I wrestle with, it's not my will. It's His will that be done. Sometimes i got to tell this beast right here, it's not the way that I would have done it, but He knows better. He has this thing under control. This is not what I had planned out. This is not what I've been praying about. But if He's in control of my life, then let it be. Yes. I, I don't want to get to the place that says, give me, give me, give me, simply for a lack of temporary trust issues. But Larry Jr., stand right by the lights. Turn the lights out once in a while. Just, just turn them off. Yeah. He's in charge of the lights. Well, it's dark, Pastor. I know it's dark, but he's in charge of it. Well, 
this shouldn't happen. A normal Sunday morning service, Pastor, is that we have the lights on and everything's perfect. I, I know that. I know that. I know that. But He knows better than I know. You turn it back on. He knows that when I get to a place where I can handle the darkness, He turns the lights out. You turn it back on. And when I, when I come out of that, the lights will come back on. Why? Because He's proving you. He's taking you somewhere. He wants to make sure you can handle it where you're going. He wants to give you the best, but you keep satisfied for second best. He wants to bring you into something that He has promised you for a long time, but you have been struggling and fighting way too long. I, I, I just want some people to understand that the darkness is just as much as His plan as the light. Both are tools in His hands. Both are instruments to help you get to where you're supposed to get. Both of them are from your Father in heaven and only go up and come down when He commands it. The second story. The second story is of a very godly man. I want you to step real quick, Jose. Moses and Aaron loved the people. They loved the, they loved the church that they were leading. They, they loved ministering. One was the leader. The other was the preacher. They understood what was going on. They, they knew the people needed water. They knew that the congregation had a need. And so they did the right thing. They went to the house of the Lord, fell on their faces, and asked God for a plan. God! I know you have heard me. And I know that you have chosen me. And I promise to do it your way. They got up from that prayer request. And they said, we're going to do it God's way. We're going to get water. But then they walked back out and seen all the people. And they said, I'm about sick and tired of this. You want to see water? And Moses raised his staff and slammed it twice on the rock. And the water came out. And Moses and Aaron went back to the congregation and said, There's your water. Drink it. I hope you get sick on it. That's not what they said in between the lights. <laughs> Moses was a pastor, so I'm sure it said it in his heart somewhere. And then they go back to the house of God. They, they, they come back into the presence of God. And God says, Well, you got your water. But now you're not going to go where I promised you you're going. You got what you needed, but you didn't do it my way. You, you thought it was more important for you to, to do it your way. You thought it was more important for you. you it was not out of anger. You thought it was more important to slam that rock instead of speak to that rock. It's okay, Moses. It's okay. You're going to heaven. You're going to go to heaven. I want to take you to heaven. But you guys aren't going into the promised land. Uh, you and Aaron, uh, your days are numbered. And you're not going to where I wanted you. And that stupid little stick, that stupid little issue, that, that, that little thing that, 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 had, had, that Moses had thrown down and turned into a snake, that, that, that little thing that God had called from the beginning and said, this is how I'm going to use you and use you, became the greatest torment in Moses and Aaron's life. You can see it. Because they don't get to go to the promised land. Want it my way. Want to do it my way. It's not how I would do it, God. That's it. That is so unfair, God. God, I got a better plan than you. I got a better plan than you. And so, this is how it's going to go down, God. God says, okay, you're a man of God. You're a man of faith. That's what you desire. 
I'm going to give you the water. But it cost you your dreams. It cost you the promise that I had made to you. Well, God's not a man that he should lie. No, no, no. He's not the one lying. The greatest monster that you've ever faced is you. He, 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 he's going he's gonna to take people to the promised land. You just don't get to go with anymore. It's going to happen. But you don't get to be a part of it anymore. The miraculous is going to flow. But it ain't going to be with you. Where are we? We're, we're on the edge of Jesus Christ returning. Do you understand that? If you believe that God is coming and He's coming any day soon, soon then there is no more time to play games. That's right. God, I've said this many times, but God is not McDonald's or Burger King. You don't get it your way. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's after right. Do you understand that means He is sovereign? He sits on a throne. You don't. He speaks to the wind and the wind has to move. You don't get that. He asked Job, he said, do you know where these things come from? And asked Job all these questions. And Job was smart and said, it's time for me just to shut my mouth right here, God. I've said too much. I'm just going to be quiet right now. I, I want you to stand with me real quick. Before you come to this altar, I want to ask you a couple of things. Do you understand the scariest thing in your life is that God may give you what you're asking for? Do you comprehend that? That that should be the one thing that keeps you up at night? That God just might give you what you're asking for? Does He know better or not? Do, do you have enough trust in Him that not even the process of getting there is going to upset or, or, or affect where you're going. How dreadful would it be to walk with God all those years and pastor all those people to be told at the end of your race, you ain't going. Can, can you understand the fear that should set in your heart to understand that you are the only person that can mess up what God's doing in your life? And so when it gets hard, what do you say to those things? If God be for me, who can be against me? When, when it doesn't look the way you think it should look, what do you say? You say, God forgive me. Because I'm just a I'm, I'm, father. I'm about to the place where I'm going to ask what I desire. Please forgive me. The scariest thing to me in all the Bible is that God just might listen to me. And I am an idiot. I do not know God. I don't know God's mind and will always for me. I've never claimed to have an exclusive contract with God that says if, if, if this, 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 I'm just walking by faith and faith is just one step at a time. I don't know what step five looks like or step eight looks like. I'm just walking one step at a time. That scares me to death that I, me, I can step in front of God and say, God, I'm tired of following it your way. I want it my way now. You would be very wise simply to start off every prayer by saying, Father, forgive me. 
And if I say anything crazy, don't do it. You would be very wise this morning if you would just simply ask God to help you walk the way He wants you to walk. You'd be very wise this morning if you didn't start demanding what is rightfully yours. The trick of the enemy is the sun was going to get all of that. The trick of the enemy is that the congregation was going to get water and Moses should have went into the promised land. I don't even know why we ask for the things we do. It's included within the plan. Jesus. Some of you that are crazy and demanding exactly what God should do for you, you're nuts. Well, I want it this way and this way and this way and this way and this way. Who's really on the throne? Here's the most difficult prayer you will have to pray this morning. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. 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 Look, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the darkness. I'm not trying to take anything away from the famine. I'm not trying to take anything away from the wilderness. I'm not doing that at all. It was sent to humble you. It was sent to prove you. It was sent to test you. I understand all of that. But that is the worst time to start doing it your way. You may get the temporary water that you need. You may get the temporary answer to the, to the prayer that you're praying. But the end and result of that is going to prevent someone from getting into the promised land. God loves you so much that sometimes He gives you what you asked for. Even knowing what it's going to cost you. God, help me. Forgive me. Not my will be done. But your will be done. God, don't let the darkness confuse the people. Don't let the test God damage the faith. God, don't 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 let the struggle confuse them to the point where they demand an answer. You know I often pray. This is not my church. This is your church. This is not my people. These are your people. These are your children bought with your blood. God, I surrender any right to be right. God, I surrender anything, God, that will hinder the direction. God, if it's a desert, then I'll go through a desert. If it's a wilderness, God, I'll go through a wilderness. God, if it's hurt and rejection and discouragement, God, I'll go through it. Wherever you're taking me, God, I know the end is going to be beautiful. I'm willing to go through all of that. Jesus. Jesus. My journey isn't like your journey. My journey is not like your journey. But I'm willing to go. 
Jesus, I pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Now, whatever my lot in life is, God, let me remain faithful. Let me remain true. The promise is too precious to give up on. God, this temporary trouble is compared nothing to the glory that we shall receive. God, in, in, in comparison to eternity, in comparison to eternity, this is nothing. This is nothing. This is just a twinkling of an eye. Oh, this temporary discouragement, this temporary God problem, this temporary frustration, God, it's nothing compared to the glory that you have in front of us. Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. You know the way that I go. And when you have tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Stupid little stick. A little money bag. Is it really worth it? The money ran out. The water stopped flowing. Was it really worth it? You know the sad thing, there was a temporary high when the young young son got the money. He was all excited. I got it, I got it, I got it. There was a temporary excitement in the camp when the water came forth. We've got so many anemic Christians, they would celebrate that and say, isn't God good to us? Not knowing what the end cost was. Money's going to run out. Some of that water's going to stop flowing. Did you understand that pain was part of the process? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Not my will. Your will be done. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What would you gain if a man would sell his whole soul?
I demand what is rightfully mine. Be careful. God may just give it to you. Jesus. You are the king of kings. In you I put my trust. Not my will. Yours be done.